Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. Trick or treat edition. <laughs> Lovely. First, did you hear McDonald's is bringing back their boo buckets starting October 17th, including monsters, skeleton, mummy, and vampire? Second, they determine the least like tr- liked trick or treat candy in the whole USA. You want to guess what it is? Candy corn. It's candy corn. Second place? Mm, candy corn. Uh, uh, licorice. Oh, good guess. Our producer Griffin loves licorice. It's actually hot tamales. Huh. And finally, in the world of food, trick or treat edition, how old is too old? For trick or treat. Never too old. That's what most people say. You're never too old. Now, one city, Chesapeake, Virginia, I used to live right near there mm-hmm. in Norfolk and Virginia Beach. They said 14 is the cutoff, which that sounds like the fun police. And if 14? you ask, yeah, if you ask an etiquette expert, she says it's okay to the age of 18, especially if their costumes don't scare the little kids. And they're kind and polite. Let kids be kids. See, what you just brought up page 37 of Kevin's un- of unvoidable rules of life. And one of them is, uh, rule number 37 is never ask an etiquette expert. Ever. Oh, okay. And anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to be doing it wrong and you probably don't want to know you how know to do it right. This is a bummer like situation in my life. I need to work on it. I think I can, you know what? I know what I can do. I can get a hold of my friend Cammie. Mm. I used to always either, I would trick or treat with you and your kids and your wife. Mm-hmm. And then when my sister moved here, I trick or treat with my nieces. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's aging out. So I guess I have a couple years where I could go trick or treating with Cammie. I think my wife, my wife has nailed it. Dress up and hand out candy and make sure you buy candy you like so you can eat your own candy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been handing out candy, but it's just not the same. Dress up. Have people come up to you and get dressed up. Yeah, Why not? I already I gave you the sit at the end of the driveway idea. You're going to do that, right? It Depending on the weather. <laughs> you and your neighbor. What's your neighbor's name? Your friend? Andrea. Andrea, you and Andrea should come up with theme costumes. Like and and have like a a battle. See who gives more candy out because she's right across the street of her Ooh, driveway. Right and across from here, I got the yours. full size on sale. <laughs> See, I have dressed up other years when I go out with the kids. No, do it at home. It'll but be great. I could do it at home. It'll yeah. be great. And you guys like something something matching. Like be Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> None of the kids will know what in the world that is. It doesn't matter. You guys will love it. <laughs> See, look how happy it's made you already. No, I'm not going to have kids walk. What are you? Andrea, if you're listening right now. I think I'm a strange lady in the neighborhood. Does Andrea listen every day? Is she listening Uh, right now? Usually on her way to mass. Okay, if she's listening right now, she is loving that idea. She's already thinking where she can get you guys pink satin jackets. I don't know if you do the do this, but I am so fascinated with other people's lives. Like my husband will tease me because we've been out driving around on the weekend, running some errands and I'll look around and I'll go. I wonder what everyone's doing. He goes, what do you mean? I said, yeah, like, what's everyone doing? Like everybody. Where are they going? He teases me. Everyone. So I I just got a peek behind the curtain of a friend of ours, Kev, and you are going to love this. I'll tell you what's going on in her life right now in just a minute. If you've listened to our show for a while, you may have heard our friend Mary Kelly on the show. She is absolutely hysterical. She's awesome. We love her. She happens to be the the wife of one of our fellow co-workers, she is Michael always, Kelly. She's one of those people that's always ready for a close-up. No, yes. matter, no matter what we throw at her, she's oh. always got a, a funny she's one-liner. She's awesome. And by the way, she looks so much like Emma Stone. It's, it's uncanny. But anyway, she just texted me. And I was telling you earlier that 
I love getting a peek behind the curtain in people's lives. I'm just very curious about other people. I love mm-hmm. biographies and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Well, she sent me a picture of her. She's got three kids. One is off of school. Jack's in elementary school. Okay. But then she's got two littles at home, including uh, a, a little son and a little daughter. And um, she sent me a picture of her son, Charlie. And he is very evidently very upset. And she said, we caught a squirrel in our attic. And Charlie is very sad he couldn't live on our porch. <laughs> and then she said, also, fashion. And she spelled it F-A-S-H-U-N. And I can see the porch. I can see part of her little baby girl, Georgia, wearing her pumpkin onesie. There's a, a real pumpkin on the porch. Yeah. And Charlie is decked out in a diaper with dinosaurs dinosaur slippers <laughs> and a Spider-Man shirt, but he chose to leave it off one shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and he's crying because the squirrel can't stay and live on their porch. Uh, cur- oh, that is, wrong, that is hashtag motherhood right there. Wrong, but aren't dinosaur diapers, aren't they only through Labor Day? Oh, yeah, you know what? And his diapers have a lot of white on them, so he is not in fashion. Charlie knocking it out of the park, bro. Your dad, dad, who I just saw down the hall, has your same fashion sense. I've talked about this in the past. It's nothing new, but I, I just, it's, I need to shed some light on it again. You guys, you men, have no idea how easy it is for you to get ready every day compared to us. We're going to talk about this next. All right. Okay, so you're you're gonna uh, you're gonna bash guys. No, for, I'm not for having it easier when we get I wasn't ready. Gonna bash, no bashing. To go it's okay. Don't I can put take words it. in my mouth. I can take it for all no. all of manhood. I can take it. No. Let's hear. It. Give us your best shot. <laughs> I would like my goal is for you men, yeah, to realize how easy you have it and to appreciate it. Just sit back and enjoy it and be glad. Okay, um, it's already a pain. To get ready as a woman, we have a lot more to deal with. We've got to get up early so we lose sleep because we got to shower, wash our hair. You got to moisturize. You got to shave. You got to then um, you moisturize your hair, then moisturize your body when you get out of the shower. The makeup, the blow drying, the curling, all the things. And then today... To top it all off, the piece de la resistance is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did she just is, say the whole <laughs> Is I could not get my necklace clasped. Oh. And it's this for a guy who's never put on a necklace, you've put it on your wife before, but if you've never put one on yourself, it's this feeling where you're like, you got your arms back behind your head and you're like, it's going to go. It's going to go in and then you bring it back out and you're like visually like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. This little thing is going to hook on that. It's going to happen and you're uh-huh. going to visualize it. So you go back and then you realize you're getting later and later and later for work. And then those armpits start sweating and then there's a bead of sweat on your forehead and you're like, am I just going to not wear this thing today? And then all of a sudden at the last second, it clasps. It decides to go. <laughs> There's nothing like that kind of stress when you're already running late and your silly necklace won't get on. And you're like, well, Taylor, just don't wear it. Well, Kevin and I have to be on a Zoom webinar today and like there's all this stuff going on. So added I wanted my necklace on. That's it. I Got wanted it. it. Got it. That was your That's, 
This is so. Don't, aren't you big, glad to be a guy? Picture this. Let's big picture this though. If that's the biggest hurdle you have to face today, <laughs> you're doing okay. <laughs> I've just been kev explained <laughs> from a guy who doesn't it, have to deal with hair, and makeup, or necklaces. Isn't that helpful? It's. I feel so much better I thanks to, to you. I have to deal with hair. Do you think this just happens? <laughs> <laughs> There's some maintenance involved here. <laughs> so I have to take issue with you, Taylor, saying that men aren't aware. Of uh, of what it takes for a woman to get out the door in the morning compared to them. Because yeah, I've been married for quite a long time. And of our four kids, I have three daughters. So I am very aware. But of do you what appreciate it? it, it that was the goal. It's for you to as appreciate a, it. As a guy who has spent more time sitting in the living room just messing with my phone, waiting for said wife and three daughters, killing time. Just as Brad Paisley said so wonderfully in his song, Waiting on a Woman. <laughs> yes, I have a 110% full appreciation Good. for everything. And you don't have to deal with any of that. Right. And then here's the funny thing. Tell me if this has ever happened to Glenn. Trace, you're like, I'll be waiting for her downstairs. She'll come down the stairs and I think she looks stunning. And I'll be like, wow, you look fantastic. No, I don't. <laughs> like there's this dismissive. You, you, you've been waiting all this time. Right. And and your beautiful spouse comes down the steps and you tell them that and then they go, oh, no, no, I don't. Well, if you don't think that, then what were you doing for the last <laughs> hour and a half? <laughs> you spend an hour and a half to look just OK. I don't buy that. <laughs> this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good if you've ever trained for a really long race, let alone a marathon, you know all the hard work that goes into it. Mm. Kevin, you've done like three. Yep. I've done two. My friend Heidi Rue is running her first marathon this Sunday, and she's a bundle of nervous en- energy. So check this out. A woman named Sarah ran the Chicago Marathon and stopped in the middle of it. Why would you stop? You're looking at your watch the whole time. You want to get a good time. Well, she was saving a kitten. She was 20 miles in when she spotted it on the side of the road and scooped it up. Then she ran around to different spectators until she found a woman who said she would adopt it. Sarah was on pace to beat her personal record before spotting the little kitten, but she doesn't care. She still finished in an impressive three hours and 31 minutes. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. This like this little white fluffy thing bouncing along. Once I turned, I was like, okay, this is this is now my responsibility, and this is my whole heart. And it was just a beautiful experience. I couldn't have asked for a better race. She happened to be running the race to wow. raise money for an an animal shelter oh. called Paws Chicago. So she really feels like it was meant to be. Oh. And now look at all the publicity she's brought Paws Chicago because Mar- she paused. Of- get it in the middle of the race. <laughs> Marathon routes always have people lining the sides. Yeah. I would have been like, somebody needs to get that cat. Yeah, that's probably what I would have done, I don't know that I would have had, after all that training, all that effort, Uh, I I don't know if I would have, I'm just being honest, I don't think I would have had it in me to stop. Right. Uh, I'd have been like, oh, cat, wait right there, I'll be back in like an hour. (laughs) Coming up, don't answer out loud, but do you know what out of pocket means? Hey, Kev, do you know what the term out of pocket means. Out of pocket? 
Um, yeah, that that's what happens to my money whenever my kids are around. <laughs> it goes out of my pocket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for a certain generation, it could mean, um, you know, hey, I'm going to be busy from three to four. I'm going to be out it of pocket. It could mean um, it, it, with health insurance. That's like, what I think oh, of. I got to yeah, pay like, that out of gotta, pocket. When you go for a dentist office, um, $20 copay. Yeah. Miriam Webster's only def- definition for it is about money. But um, they say that nowadays, depending on who you are, it means something completely different. A lot of millennials use it when they're going to be away from their desk or unreachable. Like, hey, you might not be able to call me today. I'll be out of pocket. But for Gen Z, mm-hmm. they hear you say that. Like, hey, I'm going to be out of pocket from three to four. And they lar- they start laughing hysterically. Why? Because to them, out of pocket means out of character or unhinged. So to hear someone like like this old man with a gray beard going, I'm out I'll of be pocket. out of pocket from two to three. They're like, what are you going to be doing? Right. What do you mean you're going to be unhinged from two to three? It's impossible to keep up with the lingo. I just can't. It's way too hard. I give up. Spill the tea on how you're feeling about that. Spill the tea. Like Taylor with uh, Homecoming <laughs> this year, all of a sudden you're like the coolest kid in the room. It's been called Hoco for like five years you've now. Never, Come on. You've never used that term till this year. And I, every time Taylor says it, she gets a little smile. Oh, oh yeah, come my, on. My niece went to Hoco. Hoco. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you have this disease, but I have you can't take her anywhere disease. <laughs> I always end up embarrassing myself in public. And, and others. <laughs> and there's something happening, right? I'm like, who did this? I'll tell you what's going on in a minute. Hi, my name is Taylor, and I have a disease. It's called you can't take her anywhere disease. <laughs> it's sure enough. I'm, I've seen that I'm out in action. public. I'm going to spill yeah. something. I've seen I'm that in trip. action more than a few times. What is the deal with that? So the latest is it's it's really like I I bought myself a you can't take her anywhere like trap on accident <clears throat> at the grocery store, and all I was trying to do was make sure I don't have halitosis when I'm out in public. And I bought these mints. Mm-hmm. Who does this with mints? Picture this. You're at church. There's a quiet moment. The pastor's pausing to make a point. Or you're at the symphony. And you think, oh, it's getting close to the end. I really need a mint before I speak to people because I got some bad Bad breath breath, going on. Mm -hmm. You get these out and listen to this. I mean, that is the (laughs) loudest. Who puts mints in something like this, and it's, it's causing me problems. It's like, and listen, listen to the open and close. <laughs> oh, let me just subtly get one of these out. The whole congregation is hearing me. So I, I just want to tell you that if you have the disease I have, can't take her anywhere, do not buy these mints. I'm going to give you a, a mint pro tip for a church, oh. or the symphony, or wherever, okay. wherever it is you're going. I'll tell you the pro, hashtag pro tip next. Taylor, uh, hashtag pro tip for you. You, okay. you have this, the, the shake your thing of mints. Okay, so it's you're so like. so loud. And then when you open the lid to get a mint out, it's like this. How do you, when you're a church, you know, manage to get one of these out? Well, my wife, Tracy, she, um, she for some reason at church, she'll start coughing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it is, but at church, she'll cough. Mm-hmm. And she's she'll take cough drops in with her because sometimes it'll just be, <clears throat> and she can't stop. Oh, wow. Um, but then there's the embarrassing, for some reason, Inside of a church or a movie theater or something. If you're at home, you unwrap a cough drop. It makes no sound. Right. But when you're in church, it, it sounds like you're like crumpling the cellophane or something. Right. It yeah, goes through the, the roof. Charts. So 
just unwrap it ahead of time. Like she'll like do that little pull it apart to untwist it. Uh huh. Um, but she doesn't take the paper off because she doesn't want to get it nasty in her pocket. But just take a couple of those mints, put them in your pocket. Well, take them out. If them you're in- lucky enough to have pockets in your dress, you could do that. Take the mints out and have Glenn put them in his pocket and then okay. just nudge him. Hey, I need a mint. <laughs> what? I need a mint. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need a mint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll start doing that because I you don't think about how you need a mint until you need it. Until you need it, right. But this is not good for business. If this it's is a, not good for taking if, me out in if, public. If it's a regular issue, you should think be you know, be intentional and think it through ahead of time. I yeah. don't want this embarrassment, so Glenn, you're gonna have to And know. then to top it all off, I tried to buy this new gum that's all like good for you. It's called Simply Gum. And they look like rabbit things. Rabbit it's like rabbit dro- poop. Yeah, it looks like rabbit <laughs> That's droppings. That's what they should have called it. They should they should call it that. And it, it tastes it like lo- that, too. It looks awful, tastes great. Oh, it doesn't taste good? It tastes good for <laughs> three seconds, and then the flavor's gone. <laughs> What's the best way to support your kids through the ups and downs of life? Hmm. After all, life gets more complex the older your kids get. Oh, so no kidding. you want your children to have resilience, right? So what can a parent do? So here are some of the things experts Clear their say. path completely so they face no obstacles or hardship Which their entire life. Which is the lawnmower life. parent, yeah. <laughs> uh, first, help your kids see setbacks as opportunities to learn and grow. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Celebrate the effort put in. As much as you celebrate the results, that's huge because hmm. I, I was definitely more of a B student. So I think that would be great. Like celebrate like, wow, look how hard you worked. Uh, nurture your kids' passions and strengths. And finally, acknowledge your kids' emotions and help them cultivate perseverance every time things get hard. Hmm. That, that, that varies from kid to kid. Like you got to adjust that. That's a good guideline. But uh, for instance, my daughter, Amber, she never got anything. I'm not kidding you. Anything less than an A all the way through her final report card in middle school. Final report card in middle school. She got a B. And we were like, oh, my gosh, how is she going to handle this? She's just going to be devastated. So we threw a it turns out Amber's really human party. <laughs> she got a B. Right. That's and awesome. we, we had cake and all this other stuff. Well, then a week later, they sent an updated report card. We were wrong. She really got an A. <laughs> ah, that is funny. It is hard. I've watched so many parents struggle raising OCD kids. Mm. And it is a struggle to try to teach them how to relax and let go. And it's okay to get a B. And yeah. it's but really then, tough. Then you have other kids who where getting a B is like a major accomplishment. Right. And you're like, yes! <laughs> Whoa! Hang on! Is, am I reading that right? That's a B? Yay! <laughs> For another kid, a B is devastating. Do you view yourself as pretty valuable to your company coming up something that causes a lot of employees a ton of guilt do you view yourself as pretty valuable to your company or like yeah if i left they would really notice well (laughs) that's a dangerous spot to live my friend (laughs) there's something that causes a lot of employees a ton of guilt when it comes to our employers okay you want to guess what it is taking vacation oh you're close It's being out sick. Mm. Some people don't have any paid time off when they're ill, but even employees with allotted sick days Mm -hmm. hate using them. Nearly 65% of workers say they experience stress, anxiety, guilt, or fear when they request sick time from their employer. Uh, One in four workers say they have been either pressured or explicitly asked 
to work when they're sick. No kidding. Can you come in anyway? <laughs> yeah. Just, just well, you know, isolate yourself. You suck just stay, it up, Buttercup. Just, just stay away from everybody. You'll, you'll be fine, right? Yeah. Walk it off. <laughs> I know. I feel immense guilt about being sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Because well, we have a unique situation where if one of us is down, mm-hmm. it changes the whole dynamic of everything. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you feel, but if you, if you're not in, like if I work when you're on vacation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole tone feels different. Right. It's a weird show, and, and I, I can't imagine what it's like for you. When, when a big presence like mine isn't there, it's 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 felt. It's felt. <laughs> I always I always tell Griff, I'm like, I'm not used to talking this much. I'm exhausted. I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll admit this that that the little I always call it a little more elbow room. Having a little more elbow room is nice for about an hour. <laughs> oh, so you want me to just skip out early every day? No, then? no, 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 no. I mean, no, no. I mean, about an hour. Like, if you're gone for like a week, oh. it's nice for about one hour out okay. of the entire week, Aww. and then you realize, wow, this is all on me. <laughs> Are you saying you appreciate me when I'm gone? Yeah, this is a big moment. Why is that a big moment? You know what we should that do? That shouldn't be a big moment. You should know that. You know what we should do? We should swap stories of how bad we are at taking sick days, and I'll start. I'll go first. I have a really good example of okay. how I am. T- I have the worst guilt when it All comes right. to taking a sick day. All right, and we'd love to hear from you, too. Do you have a good, I should have taken a sick day story? So I'm not sure if it's ego or a sense of responsibility, but uh, we all feel like if I call in sick, boy, work is just going to shut down. <laughs> so we'd love to hear your story of a time that you, you probably should have called in sick. We're talking about times you should have called in sick. We just hung up with a lady. She got an offense. Someone rear-ended her, and she hit her head. Uh, and went and she went into work anyway. Then went to the doctor and found out she had a mild concussion. <laughs> so, Not good. Who, should she be held responsible for anything she did wrong at work that day? We asked Paige. We're like, so she goes, I did. I took my kids to daycare and then I went to work. And and Kev goes, did you have any weird behavior? And she goes, it's hard to tell when you have two young kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story. What we're talking about, by the way, is like according to a new survey, like sixty five percent of us feel super anxious and stressed and guilty. For taking a sick day, and that is so me. And I have the best example. Kevin and I did this big event, and we met at least 500 women and shook every hand. And I must have picked up a bug because the next morning I'm getting ready for work. I hadn't uh, gotten stomach bug issues, if you know what I mean, in like 20 years. So, like I had been fine, and so all of a sudden, you knew what it was. I'm right like away. running like, around. I'm typing at the computer. I'm getting stuff ready for the show. I'm ready. I'm and I'm like. I don't, I don't feel so Something good. don't feel good. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I had to jump up from the computer where I was working on the show and run to the bathroom. And even though it was our little half bath, I guess the, the violence of it woke up my husband. He's like, are you okay? And I go, no, I, I, I just got sick, but I think I'm better now. And so I went back to the computer and I finished working on the show and I got everything printed out and I was rushing to get in the car. And my husband convinced me, he goes, you need to at least take a bucket with you. Mm -hmm. And so he hands me a bucket. I put it in the passenger seat beside me and I'm racing to get to work on time. And I call Kevin and I go, hey, I need your help deciding something. Well, I threw up once, but I feel a little bit better now. And I've got everything we need for the show with me in the car and da da da. And he goes... Taylor, let's make it a rule that if you wake up and you vomit, you do not come in. I, think, I was like, 
Are you are you sure? Because I, I mean, I, that leaves you high and dry. I think the exact words were like, "If you need to have a bucket in the car, yeah, you don't go to work." And my husband was petrified. He goes, "You know, you can't throw up while you're driving. You're gonna have to pull over first. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I got home and I start like getting out of my work clothes, putting my PJs back on, and I said to my husband, "I'm like, I, I just don't feel well." Kevin told me to go home, so I'm. And then I went, hold on, <laughs> I had to run to the bathroom again. So it was a good decision. All right. Do you have a story like that where there's a time that in retrospect, you, you should have called in sick. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about calling in sick. We just hung up with a teacher uh, and she did not want to miss a day because she put all this planning into the day and the kids need to learn, you know, by example, when it's taught, when it's math, that they don't have textbooks anymore and she's got to be there to coach them. And uh, she was really sick and took some, took some type of over the counter meds Believe. and had a bad reaction to it. And uh, yeah, the kids thought she was having a hallucinogenic experience with some of the things she was saying, but she finished the day. So uh, I used to be like that, be like, like, you know, no matter what, I'm going in. And I'm sure you guys, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you've probably heard. I, think, I don't know if you've ever lost your voice, but it's almost like a Christmas tradition. Every year at Christmas, I lose my voice. I lost my voice for three days, so much so I was panicking and calling like Ian, was it ear, nose and th- ENTs? Yeah, to see what was up. Because I thought, what if this keeps going? So um, losing my voice is like an annual tradition around Christmas time. And I used to be like, no, I got to go in. The show, the show can't go on without me. The radio station will fall apart without me. And that's just, I totally recognize now. I think it just takes some, I don't know, wisdom and maturity to go, okay, that that's your ego. That is that is absolutely not a rational mind talking because the bigger issue is if I come in sneezing and wheezing and coughing, I'm going to get Taylor sick and mm-hmm. then there's no show and I'm going to get everybody else in the office sick. Mm-hmm. So I, I not only recognize... I should stay home because you don't want to spread it to other people, but I get irritated when other people come in sick. Like, dude, what are you doing? You should be, the, trust me, radio stations go on without anyone, <laughs> anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. They keep on going. So it just took me, uh, I don't know, took me a long time to, to figure that out, to, to get the wisdom to go like, okay, just call in sick. Guess what? There is something super easy, free, and simple you can start doing today that will cut your risk of heart disease by 20%. Really? What is it? It is... Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Hmm. It's especially helpful with the kind of heart disease where you get this sticky plaque that builds up inside your arteries. And um, I like the stairs for stress relief. Yeah. Like if you're like, just like, oh man, I got to solve this. I got to figure this out. If you just go like walk down and back up the stairs in your building where you work. It's big help. Depending on what floor you're on. Yeah. (laughs) You can pack all sweaty. Take take the stairs. I'm on the 37th floor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here at the radio station, we're on the seventh floor. You can tell I don't talk. It's a little different. I don't talk Manhattan. Yeah. I I take the stairs every day. Every day I take the stairs. Down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it has the same effect on your heart, but... <laughs> it's but a quick I can, escape. I had to tell everybody. Oh yeah, I take stairs every day. Are you kidding me? Ooh, I'm very excited and curious to check in with our producer Griffin today. Yeah, because he's in the throes of parenting right now. He and his wife Sarah have a seven year old and a six year old. Right. And he said he has a big heads up to moms and dads. Griffin's in the studio with us right now, and I just thought of something when you were talking about what Griff's going to talk about. What do you th- What do you think about this, Griff? Because when your kids were newborns, you you think you know everything. And then when they hit age like six or seven, you realize you don't know a lot about 
child rearing at all. <laughs> a lot of it you're making up as you go along. So we yeah. should do a we should do a uh, segment with Griff. Griff, I'm making this up as I go along. <laughs> Pretty much, right? No, um, you know, since we've established with my wife being busy with school and work and whatnot, I'm pretty much running the household now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the one in charge. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, it's not uh, quite what your wife told yeah. me, but <laughs> um, I, she said you stepped it up. Yeah, yeah. I'll say same thing, I think. Um, I wanted to give a heads up for parents if you want your kid to be able to sit on Santa's lap mm-hmm. before Christmas, you probably need to make an appointment now. Oh, because I did that recently. Since wow, you know, I'm on top job, of things, dude. I made the appointment so the kids can see Santa and tell them yeah. everything they want before Christmas. Wow! So and, you know, it's two photo. two months out at least. You have to make it because it yes. books up, and you know he's busy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah. You know, no kidding. Um, speaking of, first of all, that is a great heads up, and yeah. kudos to you for taking that on your shoulders yeah, yeah. and you, off your you. wife's for plate. For even thinking it, did um, you think of it or did Sarah think of it? I saw a social media post, and, <laughs> and I mean, I, it probably took him like a whole three minutes to yeah, get that taken care of. Yeah. So good uh, on you. <laughs> what I have to say is, uh, okay, so we've got a history of. Uh, your kids and Santa. Mm-hmm. We've got the bawling. We've got the hiding. We've got right. mommy and daddy had to hold oh, yeah. Eloise Everything. in the photo. What do you think we're in for this year? What's your your Santa prediction? Your Christmas prediction, yeah. For Thatcher and Eloise I this year. I think they'll both do it. I don't think we'll get two smiles. Maybe one smile out okay. of the two. <laughs> I could see my daughter being a little nervous still. Okay. Mm. Like I think last year they had to put on sunglasses. To yeah. like kind of hide behind. They yeah. went with that because they were a little everyone, scared. Everyone thought they were just like Kardashians or right. something. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if we'll get two smiles yet. Well, mm. Wouldn't it be funny if like it all comes full circle and Eloise goes from crying and hiding to like having one of those total Instagram posts like, Hey, it's me and Santa. Me and Santa. <laughs> Santa's my bestie. <laughs> Griffin's like, no, say it isn't so. <laughs> Okay, you do not have to answer this out loud. How okay. would you rate your mental health? Coming up, there's something that may be taking a toll on it, and you don't even realize it. I think is that a question that you should have other people answer for you <laughs> rather than yourself, right? An Most outside assessment unaware. would be more more valuable than your own. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer this out loud. How would you rate your mental health? Mm. Good needs improvement. There's something in your life that may be taking a toll on your mental health and you don't even realize it. And it is debt. Mm. Close to 80% of American households are dealing with some form of debt. And it turns out debt stress is real. It's pervasive. It leaves a lot of people feeling like they're drowning in depression. And what does this debt-related stress do to you? It makes it hard to sleep. It increases your anxiety. You have a diminished social life and you can get depressed. But when you talk to people who come up with a plan and dig themselves out of debt, one payment at a time, they are so much happier and lighter. And I I guess that's why they call Mm. it financial freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That that whole mental health thing. How do you think you're doing? I think that's a a better question for your spouse. (laughs) How do you think they're doing? And my wife, I'm trying to remember, she has a t-shirt and it's about, it's, it, it kind of pokes fun at that whole idea. It says something like, yeah, I talk to myself all day long and I say something funny and I laugh and I laugh and we just keep laughing. <laughs> it's something like that. I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's pretty funny. It is wild, though, when you talk to people who have gotten out of debt 
I mean, it's like their whole lives have been transformed. Oh, right. They went from this depression and this oppression to this lighter, freer feeling in their lives. No kidding. Hey, see how you feel about this mom and dad's idea to keep their little girl from eating too much trick-or-treat candy. Levi and his wife, Emily, have an adorable two-year-old daughter named Aria, Mm -hmm. and they let her dress up for trick-or-treat, and Mm -hmm. she has a blast getting all the candy. When they get home, she gets to choose her five favorite pieces of candy and then puts the basket out on the front porch. While she's asleep, the switch witch named Wilda comes and takes the candy and leaves her a fabulous toy instead. Like this past year, back last October when she was two, now she's almost three, mm-hmm. um, she got a little uh, Elsa doll uh-huh. from Frozen. And she gets just ex- as excited about the Switch Witch as she does going <laughs> trick-or-treating. Emily said her hubby posted huh. a video about it. She never dreamed things would get so heated. People are like... How dare you? It's once a year. Let your daughter have the candy. And other people are like, you're food shaming her. And like people have gone crazy just because of their cute little idea about the switch, Witch. by the way, it's not once a year. This marks the beginning of the crazy season. Right after this is Thanksgiving. Right after that is Christmas. It it doesn't end. Right. It's it's like sugar fest for the next three or four months. I think it's a cute idea. The only problem that most of us would have is mom and dad have some creative skills to make sure that the um, all the other kids in the neighborhood, the older kids, know that's for the switch witch and not mm. for them. Mm. If it's outside the yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs>